Well, kia ora to those who are watching online and uh, if you are listening by podcast or video, great to have you as part of the Connect Church service. Hey, can we say a big hello to those who are watching uh, online? Thank you so much. You know, we've been walking uh, through a series over the last little while, and we weren't here last week. I heard Aaron did an outstanding uh, job. He was amazing. Then he flew off to Madrid, and he just came back uh, last night. So uh, he, he's just an amazing young man. God is using him. And, uh, but I started a, few, uh, a series a few weeks ago called Teach These Things, and we're working through a passage in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. And we're going to continue on in that because there's so much that really can be squeezed out of that passage. So I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and here's how it goes. Titus 2 verse 11, it says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Good news right there. And we are instructed, this is talking to the church, to the believers, and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward to the hope in that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave His life to free us from every kind of sin. There's some good old time gospel right there. Friend, I want to tell you, if you're new here today, just understand, no matter what sin you might think, man, I'm just stuck in this. He gave His life for every kind of sin so that you can know freedom today, so that you can know His grace today. Come on, somebody. He gave his life to free us, to free us from every kind of sin. Nothing's off the list. To cleanse us and to make us, here's why he did it, to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. And then it says this in verse 15. You must teach these things. That's where the title comes from. You must teach these things and encourage believers to do them. Because how many know if we just hear the word but we don't do it? The Bible says we deceive ourselves. So that's what we're endeavoring to do. And so we're going to carry on in verse 12. We're just working through it. This is the third week, just on verse 12. There's a lot in here. And it says this, we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. I said in this passage, it tells me three things. It tells me, one, it's an evil world. Number two, it tells me we should live in it. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. We're to be in it, but not of it. And then number three, it tells us how to live in it. It says we should live in this evil world. Here's how, with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. So last time I spoke, we, we talked about wisdom. If we're going to do life in this big bad world, you need, I need, we need Wisdom, and uh, uh, because we, we know to, to live godly in an ungodly world is not a simple assignment, and that's online if you if you missed it. But today I want to look at righteousness. I want to want to look at this word righteousness. It's one of my favorite subjects. For those who've been around for a while, you know I love talking uh, about this. We're going to talk about righteousness. So we're going to look at five things. Uh, we're going to look at number one: what is righteousness? Number two, why do I need righteousness? Number three, where do I find righteousness? Number four, how do I receive righteousness? And what, number five, what does righteousness mean for me? In other words, how does it help me? How does, it, how does this righteousness make a difference in my life in 2018? So it's a big subject and we're only going to scratch the surface, but I hope it helps you Today. So number one, what is 
righteousness. What is righteousness? Well, let me start by telling you what it is not. Righteousness, it's not a holier-than-thou attitude. That's what it's not. It's, it, it, you've got to understand when I'm talking about righteousness, I'm not talking about uh, I'm better than you. You're like this, but I'm just so, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm not, it's not that kind of thing. We're not talking about righteousness is not a holier-than-thou uh, uh, type of attitude. In fact, we would call that, actually we'd call it lots of things, but just, just for the sake of, uh, of today, we would call that self-righteous. For a person to be like that, they're, they're, they're self-righteous. And the great Charles Spurgeon, the great 19th century preacher, said this. He said, the greatest enemy to human souls is the self-righteous spirit, which makes men look to themselves for salvation. In other words, he's saying that type of attitude is just, is just pride. It's just a prideful attitude. Someone said, there is no room for God in him who is full of himself. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'll say that again. There is no room for God in him who is full of himself. So, so that, that, that's like a self-righteous person. So, so what is righteousness? Righteousness is simply this. When the scripture speaks of a righteous person, it's really just meaning a man or a woman who is in right standing with God. That's all it means. That's, in a simplistic form, that is all it means. And, and Jesus actually said that's a good thing to desire. That's a, that's a good thing to go after. And Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those, or happy are those, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because here's what will happen. As we hunger and thirst for it, they shall be filled. So I guess the question is, are you hungry? Are you thirsty for that which God wants to give you? So that's a simple definition of what is righteousness. A, a, a man or a woman who is in right standing with God. So number two, why do I need righteousness? Why do I need this righteousness? Well, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. He says, For I say to you, that unless your righteousness, unless your righteousness shall exceed, go further than, be better than, exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. In other words, if you're not in right standing with God, Houston, we have a problem. There's a difficulty there. We can't enter. I didn't say it. Don't get mad at me. Jesus said it. We can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. And look, I've been a pastor for a long, uh, a long time. Everybody wants to go to heaven. I, I, I've done many funerals. I was at a, at a funeral yesterday. I flew down to Christchurch. And some of you, you uh, uh, might know Pastor John uh, Steele's son, uh, Mark, who we prayed for 14 years ago, diagnosed with chemia, then had a, had a stroke, was on his deathbed. Many of us prayed for, for, for weeks. God, God, God uh, kept him alive. I mean, I remember being, getting phone calls saying, he will die tonight. This is, this is 15 years ago. He will die. Come down now. Your son will die tonight. But he lived and, and, and lived for another uh, 15 or so years. So thank you, uh, Jesus. But we were at a funeral yesterday and, and just, uh, you know, I want to just say it was pretty sad because you know but I know where he's gone you know I know where he's gone and it's a one thing for a, for a father to bury his son but we know where he's gone we have we have an assurance because he loved Jesus but I, I've done many funerals and but everyone's going to heaven no one stands up and say no he's a goner 
We know where he's going. No, everyone's going to the pub in the sky or the whatever, whatever it would be. But we, 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 we've got to understand that's how people think. Everybody, but the Bible is saying unless we have a righteousness that exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, we can by no means, no way, Jose, man, can we enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so according to the scripture, we've got to have a righteousness that surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees. And if we ask the question, well, who's the competition? Who are these scribes and these Pharisees? Here's what we're, we've got to understand. They were the holier than thou people. They were the holier than thou people. They followed the 613 mitzvah, the laws laid out in the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They didn't just have the titles memorized. They had the whole books memorized. I mean, they, they, they were the holier than thou. And as I look at their lives and go, oh my goodness, I, I, I have enough difficulty remembering the titles. That means I'm in trouble and I'm the pastor. That's scary right there. Unless our righteousness surpasses this, we cannot by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Not only that, in Isaiah 6 verse 64, it talks about our righteousness. It says, all our righteousness is as a filthy rag before a holy God. It's just it's like filthy. As much as we try and pretty ourselves up, as much as we try and say how good we are, all of our righteousness, all in the Greek means all. Actually, that's Hebrew. All in the Hebrew means all, everybody, all. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. In fact, the scripture tells us in the book of Romans, no one is righteous. Romans 3 verse 10, there is no one righteous, not even one. So if you thought, hey, that's other people, I'm okay. No, no, I want to tell you, not even one person is righteous according to the scripture. And of course, you remember the the story of the woman caught in adultery of where, 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 where Jesus was, was going about his business and finds the, is called by these men about to stone this uh, uh, woman in adultery. And I just want to explain getting stoned back then meant a whole lot of different things than what it meant right now, just being clear uh, um, on that. And so they, they were going to stone her and, and, and just Jesus comes into this situation. What did Jesus Say, Jesus pointed out, he said, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And then he kneeled down, and he, 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 he wrote in the ground, and I don't know what he wrote, but may, maybe he wrote what they were thinking. Maybe he wrote sins on the uh, ground. That, that, and, and what happened? They all walked away. Why? Because they, they, no, none of them could stand there. All of them had sinned. In fact, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You and I have got to understand we can't, we can't escape it. And now some people, of course, try to make themselves feel, feel better by comparing their sins with the sins of others. We, we, we have a list. We, we, we have a ratings list. And, you know, well, my gluttony is not as bad as your lust. Or, well, I only told a lie, but you did this or, or something. And we have this rating system that, uh, of what sins are worse than, well, than uh, other sins. But, uh, again, we've got to understand that the, the Bible doesn't use that comparison. We're not to compare ourselves. Well, I'm not as bad as that person that's in prison. I'm not as bad as that, uh, that, that person over there. And we compare ourselves, but that's not the method God uses. He compares himself uh, and, and, and he is holy. Come on, and we are not. 
All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we've got to remember this too, and I've, I've taught on this a number of times, but it's, it's good to remember we are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. I'll say that again. We are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. It's in our nature. It's in our humanity. And I've often used our children as an uh, example, but I could use your children too. Come on, somebody. I mean, it's just like, but I've used our children for the sake of example. I never had to teach my, my kids to, to take other kids' toys. I never had to go, hey, you're being way too polite. You need to go, oh, let me teach you how to take another kid. No, they, I had to teach them to be, but I'm still teaching them uh, to be polite. Don't take somebody else's stuff. Don't take it. I, I, don't strangle that kid. Let go of the, the neck. We're going around following Anna. Don't touch. I mean, we spent half the day going, don't touch, don't touch. Don't touch mum's pots. Pots, okay? <laughs> Just making it clear. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> Hallelujah. The all of sin. I, I, I want us to remember we're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we are sinners. It's in our nature. All of sin. And so can I, can I say to you, don't judge someone because they sin differently than you. Come on. Good preaching right there. See, the truth is we are all a bunch of different looking sinners in need of the same looking cross. Can somebody say amen to that? So if my or your righteousness can't exceed that of the teachers of the law, if we're falling short, what do we do? How, how can we enter into the rest of, of How can we enter into the, the, the kingdom of heaven? Well, Jesus answered that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. He said, but seek first. Everybody say first. Yes. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Not your righteousness, not that other person's righteousness, his righteousness. We're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those other things that you're worried about, all those other things that you stress about, all those other things that you're wondering, how am I going to make it? No, all these things shall be added to you. It's not our righteousness we should seek. It's his righteousness. It's God's Righteousness. So that begs the question, where is it found? Where do, I, where do I find this righteousness? That leads me to my third point. Where do I find this? Where do I find this righteousness? And the answer is simple in the gospel. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. It says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power. Everybody say power. Oh, come on, say it like a black man now. Power. Power. It's like dynamite. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone. You might be thinking, man, God wouldn't save a person like me. No, it's available to everyone. Come on, somebody. It's available. Yeah, yes, even you, sir. Yes, even you, madam. It's available to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, in what? In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. In other words, it's made known from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So what is the good news? 
Well, it's simply the gospel. The gospel, the word gospel means good news. And what is it? Well, the gospel is who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. That's simple. What is the gospel? It's who Jesus is and what Jesus did. In other words, it's the message of the cross. The gospel is the message of the cross. And the cross, sin is cursed and canceled. And the cross, grace is victorious and available. See, through the cross, one's mess can become a message. One's test can become a testimony. Through the cross, it can turn a trial into a triumph. It can turn a victor into victorious. Through the cross, the power of the cross. We've got to remember all other religions has man trying to reach up to God, trying to make their way to God, trying to, trying to reach up, reach up to heaven. All other religions, that's what they're saying. They're trying to get the bad out of man. Trying to, oh, how can I, can, can I do it by helping old ladies across the road? Can I do it by being a good person and being a goody-goody two-shoes or whatever? Whatever, all other religions try and push. You've got to do it. The beauty of the gospel, the beauty of the cross, the beauty of what Christ has done is that he made a way where there seemed to be no way. It's not about how man can reach up to God. It's the fact that God reached down to man. Come on, somebody. And said, said, said let me save you. The arm of the Lord is not too short that it cannot save. You might be here going, Pastor, I'm down so deep. Doesn't matter how deep down you are, His arm can reach you. He can pull you out of the pit. And He can do it in a moment. He can do it today. That's the good news of the gospel. God reaching down to man, George Borderman said this, the cross is the only ladder high enough to touch the threshold of heaven. In other words, righteousness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to righteousness. In other words, it's not about you sorting yourself out. It's the fact of why it's not about what you can do. It's about what God has done. Come on, somebody. What He has made available to us. Righteousness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to righteousness. Because here's what He did on the cross. Here's what Christ did on the cross. Oh, my favorite scripture in the whole Bible. 2 Corinthians 5.21 It says, For He, God, has made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, for he, God, has made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, sinless, to be sin for us, to be sin for you, to be sin for you, sir, to be sin for you, madam, to be sin for every single one of us here. For who of us is without sin? Who of us is without sin? For God made him who knew no sin to be sin for you, for me, 
that we might become. That we might become. God just doesn't remove your, your, your sin. You've got to understand He wants you to become something. He wants you to become, oh, I'm just, oh, I'm just, oh, God, I'm saved, but He still hates me because I'm just such a, no, 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 you've got to understand. He wants you to become something. He who knew no sin became sin for you, sir, for you, madam, that you might become. Become what? Become the righteousness of God in Him. Outside of Him, dirty dog sinner. But inside of Him, you are the righteousness. Oh, I wish you could grab this today. Oh, I wish you could take hold of this today. In Him, you are the righteousness of God in Him. Martin Luther, the great reformer, speaking of the Scripture, said, said this like a prayer. He said, Lord Jesus, You are my righteousness. I am your sin. You took what was mine, yet set on me what was yours. Oh, hallelujah. You became what you were not, that I might become what I was not. In other words, at the cross, the sinless one took on the face of a sinner so that we sinners could take on the face of a saint. And so if we're to seek His righteousness, we understand we find it. It's revealed in the gospel. So now that I know where, where it is found, now I, now I know where it is found, how do we avail of it? Number four, how do... How do I get it? How do I get this righteousness? How do I receive it? Well, to find out, you need to come next week and we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll carry on. But understand, he who knew, friend, he who knew no sin became sin for you that you might become the righteousness of God. Before I close, I want to ask you, do you need to get right with God today? Do you need to give your heart to Him? I spoke during the baptism of the fact that He knocks on the door of our heart. Is He knocking on your heart today? I want to encourage you and ask you to open the door of your heart and let Him in. Allow the cross of Christ, the cleansing power of it, Oh, you've been trying to reach heaven. Oh, but pastor, could he love somebody like me? Listen, the Bible is called the good book, not because the people in it are good. It's called the good book because the God in it is good. Come on, somebody. The God in it is good. Oh, I don't know if he can love a person like you, like me. I'm too bad, friend. The gospel is not about how bad you are. It's about how good God is. And if you would give your life to Him today, maybe you've known what it is to walk with Him, but you've, 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 you've allowed your faith to run cold and, and to get dry, to dry up. You, you walked in another, another way. Maybe, maybe you went in another direction, but today you know you need to get your life right with God. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer, and that prayer just says, Lord, come and be King of my life again. 
come and be Lord. I'm going to pray a prayer that, 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 that invites Him into your heart. And if you want to be a part of that prayer, I'm going to count to three and invite you to just put your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. That's me. I, would you include me in that prayer? So as we do that, every head bowed and every eye closed right across this auditorium. It's a holy moment. If you know, you can sense it right now. God's knocking on the door of your heart. And you know that you need to get right with God. I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, just put your hand up. One, He loves you. Two, He died for you. And three, He's ready to fill you. If that's you, would you put your hand up? Anybody else? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you down the back there. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God today. Don't, don't muck around. Thank you. Hallelujah. You can slip those hands down. Hallelujah. Let's all pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. I would ask, Lord Jesus, that you would fill my life Fill my life afresh. Cleanse me of my sin. Wash me. Make me whole. Be my Savior and my Lord. I turn from my sin and receive you today. In Jesus' name.